time for your week daily look at the NBA and your Charlotte Hornets. It's time for the Hive O'Clock Alarm. Oh, that sounds amazing. Ooh, Hornets win again. It's time for the Hive O'Clock Alarm. Uh, this is Doug Branson. I'm with David Walker. David, I'm, I could get used to these victories. I'll tell you what, Doug. It was a little closer than it needed to be, though, no? <laughs> well, uh, I'm getting maybe. picky. I'm getting picky now. Yeah, this is when uh, this is when you start to be like Golden State Warriors writers, podcasters, bloggers, and you have to go out and find nitpick little things that went wrong. But I mean, the big story from this game was Kemba Walker, thirty-four uh, points, seven rebounds, six assists, uh, thirty-plus uh, points now for three straight games. That's the second time that's uh, happened in his career. So he's done this before. Uh, This is his seventh game this season of 30 points on 50% shooting. He had only done that eight times previously in his entire career. The man is on fire, David. And you know he's really doing something special when you start to get texts from people and it just says Kemba. Maybe it's a hashtag Kemba. (laughs) Maybe it's Kemba Flames emoji or Volcano emoji. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he is really on fire right now and it's becoming commonplace, which is, which is the crazy thing. We've always been looking for a guy that would be the Hornets go-to guy, no matter what. And he, I mean, unstoppable is the only word you could use to describe him at times, because the way he's scoring the ball right now is, 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 is highly efficient and highly exciting, Doug. I mean, it's something we haven't seen from this team. Have we seen anyone like this in a Bobcats or Hornets uniform? I don't think so. No, not I mean, not really scoring at will like this, not since maybe Captain Jack that I can think of. Yeah. They could just say, and okay, not, I'm going to go out of here and grab 25, 30 points, and there's really nothing that the other team can do to stop me. That's probably the closest one, right? And, I mean, he played on the best Warriors team ever, so – I mean, you'd have to you'd have to give it to Captain Jack on that one. Yeah, well, and you you make great points. It's efficient. It's it's very nice to see from Kemba, but it's also it's so deliberate. I mean, that third quarter where he dropped twenty one points, and and Al made Al Jefferson made mention to it after the game. Kemba just says, "Hey, I'm going to take over," and then he just takes over, and and it's really that's when you know that you're witnessing something special is that when a guy says, okay, here's what I'm going to, it's, it's essentially calling a shot. I'm going to come into this third quarter and absolutely take over on offense. And he certainly did. Now he started, I thought he started to force things a little bit in the fourth quarter. And I, that there's a, there's a little nitpick, a point for growth is that, you know, I don't think he recognized, okay, I had my hot streak now it's time to find out who's going to step up big in this fourth quarter. Luckily, Nick Batum came to the rescue in the fourth quarter and saved the Hornets from a pretty disappointing loss. Yeah, Nick had one of those games where you look up, and actually when he had like nine, eight or nine points or so, I, I was like, man, I thought Nick had more than that. But he stuffed the statue. Cause so when he's active like that, you know, the points are almost secondary for Nick. Now we say that – I say that on the heels of when a game when he and Kemba both went for 30. So – you know, it's easy to look back and, and lament over that or want him to do that every night. But I think we know that he's not going to give you 30 every night. Um, he, he's going to do the other little things that help you win, which is why he's been so big here. But I wanted to ask you one last thing about Kemba Doug. Mm-hmm. Are you more pleased or do you 
enjoy seeing him finish those shots inside, especially with contact the way he's doing it now, or is it the efficiency from outside? Because that's a place that he struggled, not struggle, I mean, but he had difficulty finishing inside as much as he did being consistent from the outside. Now both have come together now, but which delights you more? Uh, I'd say the the outside shooting, but I'd say they're connected, right? Because mm-hmm. his outside shooting is now opening up opportunities for him inside. So as he's he's able to see, it's not really that there are there's less action inside uh, for him to deal with. It's that he sees his pathway uh, clearer than he did before because they're 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 respecting his shot, and so he can. He can probe and prod and and find the exact right lane that he wants, and now he's comfortable, and he you know he knows what he wants to do when he gets to the rim. And also, I think he's he's looking less for contact and more to finish, and and that's always you know the the, the development that you want to see, the maturity that you want to see in a scorer is can they can they look to score through the contact as opposed to look to get contact and not necessarily score because, you know, when you're a guy of, of Kemba's star quality or whatever you want to call it, you're not necessarily going to get all of the calls. Um, but he, he certainly got a few in this game. Hornets win 108-103. Minnesota starters played very well. Carl uh, Anthony Towns started to get in a groove versus both Al Jefferson and Cody Zeller, who uh, Zeller fouled out of this game. And then, of course, uh, turnovers led to a couple of uh, Zach Levine Dunks. One of them was uh, particularly particularly tasty, David. I don't know if you ran that back on the DVR a few times, but it. I, I'm sure it made Hornets fans in the building were ecstatic, and I'm sure it was because they are dreaming of Levine in Charlotte 2017 All Star Game, trying to do it again. Yeah, and Eric Collins mentioned that. Hopefully, we'll see that in the Time Warner Cable Arena about 11 months from now. Luckily, though, he didn't get loose for too many, but you guys mentioned uh, most improved players last year or last week, mm-hmm. and I think he's got it. He's got to be at least in that conversation to me. I mean, I didn't watch a ton of T-Wolves games last year or really this year, but, um, you know, he's really – he went to summer league again. He's improved that shot. He's becoming an, a, a real NBA player, and for a guy that thought – a lot of people thought he would just be a dunker coming out, he's proven to be, you know, a young guy that – still has room to grow so good for him and good for t-wolves fans i mean the other guy of course is uh carl anthony towns I mean, how good was he oh it was amazing i mean you know able to do uh, so, so many things inside but then the way he pulled out uh al jefferson and cody zeller and i mean he there was one point where he hit a step back and i looked at the guy next to me and i said there's nothing you can do about that and then, of course, Kimball Walker goes down and hits his step back. And I said, there's nothing you can do about that. So you had two, you had two really electric players on the floor doing things that are virtually unstoppable by a defense. That was a fun exchange, wasn't it? I mean, that was really something that you look forward to seeing. That's, that's a great part about the NBA when you have two guys that are clearly highly skilled scoring the ball. And you're right, there's nothing you can do about that in towns. I didn't know if he'd miss. I mean, honestly, he would he kept stepping out. And when you've got a guy that's that big and that agile, you know, dumb, dumb me was saying that Okafor was <laughs> should have been the number one pick or 
is going to be very good the year, but that guy is ridiculous. I mean, he's going to be good for a long, long time. And if they can hold on to him, you know, then they've got something they can seriously build around because Clifford mentioned it after the game, superstar. He's got superstar written all over him. And did you hear Big Al after the game? Because they asked him about coming off the bench. Yeah, no, and he was – it seems like he's okay with it. It seems like he's really fine with it. He's totally cool with it. What I think – you know, you know what right? you know what I think it is, David? I was thinking about this. I, I think he is and always will be a tone setter on offense. He wants to get in, get in a rhythm early – and and set the tone for what the team is doing when he is on the floor. And that requires the ball being in his hands. And I think he sees that the starting offense, he can't do that. And, and so I think now he looks at that bench opportunity as his best opportunity to show what his impact is on the floor. And he certainly had a great impact last night, 9 of 14 from the field, uh, 20 points off the bench, and he got almost – 26 minutes he had to be he said he he was glad he got the breather there at the end of the fourth quarter because he was getting a little gassed but he's starting to get into a rhythm and and I can see I mean that's a dangerous dangerous weapon to have Mm -hmm. off the bench a guy who can you know when he gets into a groove he not only can score at will he can command double teams and he commanded a few against the Timberwolves and to the delight I'm sure of many Hornets fans he was he was dishing that ball away and it resulted in a couple of buckets so or, or fouls, and uh, that's exciting to see as well. Yeah, and the cool thing was, you know, you look out there and you see a lot of times Clifford and a lot of teams will like to have one starter play with that second unit. So when you have Kimba Walker out there, if you have Kimba and Al out there playing with essentially against the second unit of the other team, that is a massive advantage uh, on most nights. And it was last night, I mean – Big Al had, what, 20 of the 38 bench points for Charlotte, and the Minnesota bench was was a big part of their issue last night. So, I mean, I think that can be a big a big key for the Hornets. If you got Al playing on that second team, not many second-team defenders are used to seeing a guy like that who's that skilled. So that can be a big bonus. And he was, yeah, like you said, he was totally fine coming off the bench. So, well, you know, we'll see how that plays out after the season, but that's great. And David, in the playoffs, rotations are so much tighter than they are in the regular season. So, you know, you're going to see 8-9 guys get a get a majority of the minutes as opposed to 10 and 11, and so you really need to have six or seven guys who can put up big minutes, put up big numbers. I mean, Al Jefferson's going to see more starting bigs as we go along, even if he comes off the bench, because guys are going yeah, to start to play more and more minutes. So, you know, let's not fool ourselves and, and think that Al Jefferson is going to always exclusively go up against the second unit big. But Jefferson, no, and, and Jefferson, they're going to be better in the playoffs yeah, too. I mean, yeah, right, yeah. exactly. The, the talent level of the second unit big is going to be better. But the the cool thing about Al Jefferson is that he recognizes when he's got a mismatch and he's not afraid to call for the ball and he's not afraid to expose that matchup. And, you know, you just hope that the rest of the second unit or whoever's on the floor with him at the, at the time recognizes, okay, big Al is in a moment where he can be advantageous offensively. Let's get him the basketball. And again, they did it last night and, and he shot, you know, over 60% 
Uh, so the only thing, the only thing that really made that game close, I thought, were they didn't rebound very well. There were a couple of Marvin Williams blocks, just amazing blocks on his part that the Hornets couldn't finish because they couldn't get the board. And you either had Carl Anthony Towns or Jing or somebody get get an easy bucket and then turnovers leading to transition points for the Timberwolves. But you look at these two games, David, the Timberwolves and the Pacers and the 76ers game as well, and you go, all three of those games at some point could have been a Hornets loss. Instead, instead, the Hornets at different moments rose to the challenge and finished the game. And that's extremely, extremely encouraging. Yeah, at home, I think the home setting helps out in that as well, especially last night. And you're right, though. A 16-point lead whittled down to nothing. I don't think the T-Wolves, did they take a lead? Yeah, they did take a four- or five-point lead, I think. They had the lead at half. Um, you're right. Okay, yeah, they did have the lead at half. But they kept it within reach, That the Hornets, that is, and were able to come back behind you know, the efforts of Kimball Walker again. But uh, you're right. I mean, it's good to have these tests. You don't want to fall asleep. And, and I don't want to say the Hornets weren't locked in last night, but they gave up a couple quick runs. But that's, you know, those young legs on the Timberwolves, if they get out and run, they can rattle off some points yeah, the, quickly. And if you're not paying attention, they can get away from you. The one thing that the Timberwolves can do is play offense. The one thing that they haven't been able to do, or play offense inside, I should say, they're not very good shooting the three. But they haven't been able to play defense. But I thought the Timberwolves did an exceptional job of putting pressure on Kimball Walker in every quarter except the third. I thought Ricky Rubio did a great job on Kimball Walker, again, saving for the third quarter. And the other guards as well. I thought they just did a good job of getting the ball out of the guards' hands and making uh, the the Hornets uncomfortable. And, uh, you know, it's again, it's a testament to the Hornets that they were able to fight through that. Uh, so we'll have much more on this game as well as a preview of Wednesday's game against the New Orleans Pelicans, Anthony Davis, um, the the Hornet that almost was. Coming to Time Warner Cable Arena on Wednesday. Listen to us tonight, Hive Talk Live, a full hour of Hornets talk on atthehive.com or hivetalklive.com, 6 o'clock p.m. You can listen to us live and make sure to tweet us at Hive Talk Live, facebook.com forward slash Hive Talk Live. We're posting more video there and Instagram at Hive Talk Live. Much more Hornets talk ahead, fans. Uh, thanks so much for joining us for the Hive O'Clock Alarm. Until then, let's swarm Charlotte. All hail the teal and purple.